It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, the Blue Jackets are having a basement battle standoff today with the Chicago Blackhawks. We've got Jack Bushman from Locked On Blackhawks here to talk all about how you deal with uh, coping with a disappointing season, what keeps you going, and uh, we talk a little bit about the game as well. That's all coming up today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, uh, excitement, not very much of that around these days, uh, but everything that you could want to know about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also over on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed over there, then please feel free to do so. Uh, I super, super, super appreciate it. Kind of had a little bit of a quiet period over the holidays, but we are back. We are ready. We have tons of content. And uh, we'll start that off with uh, previewing the mid-off. Or it's not It's not even a mid-off. It is a basement off. It is a battle for Bedard. It is the 31st place team versus the 32nd place team in the league. And that is the Blue Jackets versus the Chicago Blackhawks uh, today at 1 p.m. Eastern. Jack Bushman of Lockdown Blackhawks here to talk all about the game, uh, what it's like covering and supporting a team that is probably going to win maybe 15 more games all season, uh, all of this and more. So I will just get right into it. So it's New Year's Eve and possibly the least watch hockey of all time is going to be happening uh, at 1pm Eastern at uh, noon Central. It is a battle of the basement 31st place, Columbus Blue Jackets. 32nd place, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, the first game was not super good hockey. Uh, they just played like a week ago. The Blackhawks came out on top. But I thought, let's uh, let's bring on, you know, friend of the show, wonderful co-worker here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, Jack Bushman of Lockdown Blackhawks. And uh, I figure we can just talk about how terrible our teams are and how sad hockey makes us at the minute. Yeah, it hasn't been a very fun last couple of months. On my end, I'm sure you feel the pain, Jay, but the Blackhawks got off to a decent start. They were 4-2-0, and everyone was looking around like, is this team, you know, they got a new head coach, Luke Richardson. Is he bringing in a new competitive style? Is this team going to find a little bit more success than everyone was expecting heading into the season? Nope, the last two months have been dreadful. The Blackhawks have lost 24 of their last 28 games overall. They've scored one goal or fewer in eight of their last 11. Anything you can think of that could possibly go wrong, it's basically gone wrong for this Blackhawks team. But there is a consolation kind of behind doing so, which I'm sure we're going to touch on here at some point in this crossover, but I'm glad to be on the show today, Jay, with somebody who can kind of feel my pain right now because it has not been a particularly fun start to this season, and it's a little unfathomable that we still have 48 games to go for both of us. 
I know. I keep thinking, man, it's got to be over soon. It's got to be over soon. And then I like look at the calendar and I'm like, it's not even, not even January yet. Um, but I think, and this is something that I was kind of talking about a little bit with um, the host of Locked On Canadians, because they kind of had a similar thing with the, with last season. The Blackhawks, I think, were supposed to be bad this season. Like, that was the thing. Coming into it, I think everyone was like, man, the Blackhawks are going to be in the basement. They're going to challenge for first overall. The Blue Jackets were supposed to be way better than this. Like, they went out, they made a huge splash. They signed Johnny Gaudreau. They re-signed Patrick Laine. Um, Like, the goaltenders were set to rebounce. Um, the defense was a question mark. But then it all just kind of fell apart extremely fast. Um, I think it doesn't help that the Blue Jackets are leading the NHL in man games lost. Uh, not counting players that were on long-term IR at the start of the season. So that's players like Carey Price, players like Shea Weber, et cetera. Um, the Blue Jackets, I think, are almost at 200 man games lost so far this season. And that's not counting the 48 games that Zach Wernsey is going to miss out for the season. Jake Bean, part of the Seth Jones trade, which I want to get into in a minute, uh, done for the season. Justin Danforth, done for the season. And uh, Jake Voracek, likely done for the season as well. He's out, quote-unquote, indefinitely. Um, the Blue Jackets are just real, real injured at the minute. But And I think a lot of people are looking at that as, oh, well, of course the Blue Jackets are bad. They're, they're broken. Like, three of their defensemen have under 25 NHL games experience each. Like, their most experienced NHL defenseman right now is Eric Branson, who, oof. So, you know, I think a lot of it is pointing to injuries are super not helping, but the Blue Jackets were in trouble way before everyone started getting hurt. And I think that's been the frustrating thing for me is that the Blue Jackets were supposed to be good this season. If not good, then better than last season. And right now they're shaping up to, I mean, they've got, they've got 10 wins on the season. Um, they're 10, 22 and two. They've got 22 points. Um, they've got a goal differential of minus 47. Like Chicago is, is worse in basically all of these areas, but man, just brutal and it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon no it, it's um definitely it, it was part of the plan like that that's where everybody thought this team was heading but i don't think anyone predicted it to be this big of a downfall like losing 24 of 28 and uh, again while that was part of the plan and we knew that losing was going to come this season it's still frustrating when you watch your team lose that often and have the expectations every game to, to be losing. And for Columbus, I, I did want to bring that up too, Jay, is you know when, when the Blackhawks were up 4 nothing early on in that game and momentum was in their favor, credit to Columbus, they did find a way to make it a little interesting late. But the first thing that came to mind was, man, this team is just so depleted. And, and looking at the players that they have on their roster right now, I mean, you mentioned some of the guys that are out, Jake Voracek, Zach Orensky, Jake Bean, who wound up being part of that Seth Jones deal. Adam Boquist has played, I think, single-digit games this year, if I'm correct. So it, it's it's tough when you know you have those expectations. You make a splash like Johnny Goudreau, and you think, "Oh, well, we're we're going to have some pieces, and at least going to be competing to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs." And, and the expectations just haven't been there because the team is so depleted. For the Blackhawks, this was always kind of the expectation. But at the same point, Jay, as fans, it's never going to get easy watching your team lose like this. And you brought up a good point. I, I've had people. You know, I watch every Blackhawks game and I tweet out all live Blackhawks stuff. And I had a Blues fan literally last night quote tweet my tweet and like, 
are these fans, shouldn't they be happy about losing? Like, are they stupid? Don't they know they should be incentivized by losing? Yeah, I get that. And listen, the losses are going to come whether or not I'm cheering for this Blackhawks team. I'm still going to be emphatic when they do something well and do something good. Because guess what? I'm going to watch all 82 games of this misery, and those moments are going to be few and far between. And if I had that much control over the world, uh, I'd make sure the Blackhawks get Connor Bedard and they win more games. They'd have a 1% chance in the draft lottery, and they still win it somehow. I don't have that much control. Like, I just want to see this team have their moments and I know they're going to be few and far between. I'm still going to celebrate them when they happen. Like, that's the fan in me that's always going to come out. At the end of the day, though, I know this team is going to lose enough to be in contention. I just want to see uh, some exciting hockey throughout this 82-game stretch. It can't all be misery, right? And uh, it sadly has been a lot of misery for the Blackhawks the last two months. As you said, it's probably not going to stop anytime soon. There's no incentive to stop it. Um, and that's, you know, led, led, this, led to us being in this frustrating spot as fans where, well, we want to win, but there's kind of the 17-year-old kid who's doing really good stuff for Team Canada right now that has everybody awestruck. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, and I want to talk about Convidad in, in just a second, but like, that's something we kind of talked a little bit about off mic was, and it's, it's tough as people who are like, you and I are fans of these teams, but also we like this is our job to cover these teams. And you know, losing twenty four out of twenty eight games is not fun to cover. It's not fun to watch as a fan. And there is, you know, I, I spent a lot of my time watching the Blue Jackets be bad. You know, so like my first season covering the oh, like watching the Blue Jackets as a fan was twenty fourteen, um, where they were just. Horrific, awful, broke. That was the 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 last. Um, they broke the franchise record for man games lost. That was the season they had five hundred and seven man games lost. And at one point, the goaltending tandem was Jonas Cor- was like twenty two year old Jonas Corpusalo and Anton Forsberg, uh, because Bobrovsky was out, the backup was out. Um, you know, it was a whole thing. And it looks like they're kind of repeating history a little bit here. I've seen a lot of really bad Blue Jackets teams, um, and it sucks. Even as much as, you know, you watch Connor Bedard have, like, seven points in a single World Juniors game, and he's got, like, I think 46 points in the 23 games that he's ever played for Team Canada in his life. You know, the kid's a stud. The kid's going to be unreal. I want to see him in a Blue Jackets jersey so much it hurts. But I can want that and also want the team to, if not win, then at least make it competitive. You know, at least play fun hockey. Give me a 6-5 like, oh, what was the, the, the Kings-Kraken game that was, like, the final score was, like, 9-8 to eight or something? Like, give me that. Give me something fun to watch with this team. Um, And I think it's, the Blue Jackets are in kind of, a, again, a different... Their roster buildup is different to the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks, I think, are... And, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they are kind of depleted in terms of having, you know, young, exciting players to watch because they mostly traded them away you know you look at Alex Brinkert who went um Kirby Dark went you know uh Brandon Hagel uh went you know the, these young exciting players they've kind of traded away for the future which makes sense but it doesn't make for super fun hockey Blue Jacket I've got more of my conversation with Jack coming up but first I've got to let you know uh, all about a campaign by the NHTSA you're hanging out with some friends you're putting back a few to a few drinks few drinks becomes too many as the evening comes to an end people start to head out you think oh i'll i'll get a, a ride i'll get an uber i'll get a cab but no you live nearby you can make it home it's not a big deal and what are the odds that you're going to get pulled over anyway even so what's the worst that could happen your insurance goes up 
You could lose your license. You could lose your job. You total your car. You could kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly, but that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That is why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed have a bunch of young fun players. Kent Johnson is just maybe the most fun player to watch on this team right now. Like he's he's getting a shot in that number one center spot because uh Boon Jen is out, you know, another injury. Uh the captain is out for about a month. He broke his thumb and then played two games on it, which is dumb, but whatever. Um so for me it's not necessarily about wanting the team to succeed and make the playoffs at this point. Like I know that's not going to happen, but for me as a fan, as someone covering this team, like it's about finding joy in the little things. You know, it's, oh, this player is developing really well. Um, this player is doing really well. This player had a really cool highlight reel goal. Johnny Gaudreau has like 35 points in 34 games or something, you know? So, which I, I've seen a lot of people calling him a bum and saying that he should have signed in New Jersey. And I'm like, well, those two things are mutually exclusive. And also he's leading the team and also he's above a point per game. So I don't know that you can call him a bum. Um <laughs> Like, should he have signed in New Jersey to succeed? Possibly, but that's like he didn't sign in Columbus to win. He signed there for a bunch of other reasons. Like, is winning a part of the the story? Yes, probably. But if he wanted to win, he could have gone. He could have gone to Tampa. He could have gone to the Rangers. He, you know. But that's it's beside the point. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into into all of that. But the the thing for me, and I don't know if it is kind of the same thing for you. I saw a really good um, athletic article the other day, actually, from Mark Lazarus, who talked to Ian Mitchell one of the Blackhawks' young, good defense prospects who is spending a lot of time on the bench. And I think that will be the more frustrating thing for me is we know the team's bad. We know a lot of the veterans are probably going to be gone by the trade deadline. Surely now is the time to play our defensive prospect, our forward prospect. Hell, play your baby goaltender and see how he does. It's not going to make the team worse. And so to see a guy like Ian Mitchell sitting on the bench, like that's got to... That's got to just kind of be a little bit of salt in the wound, I think. Yeah, it definitely is frustrating right now. And um, that is kind of the interesting difference that you just referenced between the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets have some of their future pieces already up in the NHL, which I think can make things a little bit more exciting. The Blackhawks, they like you said, they traded all of them away. Most of their young prospects that they're hopeful on are, you know, still playing junior hockey or playing collegiate still and have a couple of years till they're even going to step onto the scene. So that that's why it does make it a little bit tougher. And when you see one of the few youngsters who is kind of ready to be an NHL or an Ian Mitchell sitting on the bench, it's really the one gripe I have with new head coach Luke Richardson so far this season. I don't think anyone can blame the Blackhawks eight 22 and four start 
on first-year head coach Luke Richardson. No one really has had a bad word to say about him and how he's gone about leading this club in his first year, but the Ian Mitchell one is one that's really just not making any sense at all, especially because we've played Jack Johnson in all 34 games this season. Listen, and we don't even have to talk about Jack Johnson's play. It has not been good, but that's beyond the fact. This is still a 35-year-old man who, A, is not going to be with the Blackhawks at the end of the season, maybe even come deadline time if a team's trying to add a depth defenseman. B, we know for sure he's not someone that's going to make us a lot better. I know he's here to eat minutes and be a veteran presence and a big body on the back end. We've seen through 34 games, he's not helping anything. And when you're playing him nightly over a guy like Ian Mitchell, who it feels like the Blackhawks already kind of have their mind made up on him at this point of his career, that he might just not be part of their future plans. But I don't get why we're not at least letting, this is kind of his last hurrah. And we knew this before coming into the year. This was a make or break season for Ian Mitchell. And there's another defenseman who's kind of in a similar situation in Caleb Jones, who I will say has struggled mightily on the defensive side of things, and it's become pretty clear thus far that he's never going to be very good in that area. But I I still think with this season, we know what the point behind this Blackhawks season is. It's to be bad. It's to give yourself a good chance in the draft lottery to get a franchise-altering player. That's how you go about a full-scale rebuild. Kyle Davidson, general manager, didn't say it that bluntly, but based on all the moves he's made, we know this is what the Blackhawks are trying to do. So when you're not playing... Caleb Jones or Ian Mitchell nightly, and you're sitting them behind Jack Johnson or a Jared Tenorti who was healthy until a couple of weeks ago. It just really didn't make, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I don't get it. It's the only gripe I have with coach Luke Richardson thus far. And it, it's just infuriating that, you know, we don't have many guys that are ready to step on the scene in the NHL who could actually perhaps be a piece of the puzzle moving forward. Again, it seems like the Blackhawks already have their mindset on Ian Mitchell, but we don't know for sure. He's been not even just this year, but someone who's consistently been going up and down in and out of the lineup. Whenever he's in Rockford, he looks really good. It feels like he just hasn't had a consistent string of games to play. And since the start of December, when he's gotten in the lineup, he's played well. And to hear him even voice his frustrations with, Uh, Mark Lazarus in that article, it was like, yeah, I feel you, Ian. No one really understands this. So, yeah, that's what's kind of difficult about this Blackhawks team right now is you don't have a lot of guys you could say, oh, well, he's going to be a piece in the future potentially, and we're seeing it right in front of our eyes right now. There's not a whole lot of those guys. So, yeah, it it is um, a bit tough knowing that, you know, most of the guys on the roster right now they're not going to be part of the future. And it kind of doesn't even matter how they're going to fare, except for in terms of trade discussions. Uh, But one thing I did want to ask you about, Jay, for sure, is kind of how you feel about the Blue Jackets season going this way. Because as we talked about already, perhaps without the injuries, they could be certainly more competitive than they are right now. I'm not going to say what position they'd be in, but I think we can undoubtedly say they'd be better than they are right now. Do you feel like... You know, with a player like Kent Johnson, who's already up in the NHL, who's a lot of fun. Uh, Cole Sillinger is another young guy who, you know, made the NHL as an 18-year-old last year. How do you feel about the season kind of going this way? Like, do do you feel like potentially 
this is a season where you can go and get another good player in the draft and then feel confident coming back healthier next season. You know, you're going to have a good run at it. It feels like it's not the worst spot ever to, for Columbus to be in, even though it's, you know, frustrating and you're not living up to the expectations. There is talent on this team. They're just sadly not healthy at the moment. And the prospect pool has some young promising names and they could add more here in this draft. Like how, how do you feel about the season heading this way and what it means for Columbus's future? Yeah, I mean, and this is something I've kind of talked about a little bit on, like, if not the actual podcast, then on the podcast Twitter. Like, if there was a year to be just brutal and injured and bad all season, like, this is a pretty good one. So, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, the the 14-15 Blue Jackets, brutal, horrible, um, completely just broken. I don't think anyone on that team played a full 82 games, except maybe, like, one guy. Um, they were one lottery ball away from Austin Matthews in that draft. You know, they ended up getting Pierre-Luc Dubois, who, down the road, they turned it to Patrick Laine, who I don't believe will be playing tonight. He's in COVID protocol, because obviously, why would they not have, <laughs> why would that not get into the mix at this point, you know? Um, but, so, you know, that that season, yeah, it sucked. Yeah, it was awful to watch, but it has turned into some pretty good things. Like, I I love having Patrick Laine on this team. I know he gets a lot of stick for not back-checking. He's actually, and we don't need to get into the whole Patrick Laine of it all, um, he's one of the best possession players on the team at the minute, which is very funny to me because all, all the comments have always been, oh, he can't, he will do nothing except score. You know, he won't drive play, he won't do anything like that, but he's he's driving play, he's he's possessing the puck, etc., etc. Patrick Laine is having a really good season, despite the fact that he's missed, like, 15 of the 34 games due to injury or illness so far. But, to my point, if the Blue Jackets were going to be bad this season, like, this is a pretty good season for them to be bad. You know, and it's not even... So, they, they if they don't win the draft lottery, which they probably won't at this point, I think probably... It's going to be Anaheim or Chicago. It's probably going to get one, um, maybe one or two. You know, if the Blue Jackets end up picking third overall, they're still going to end up with a player like a Leo Carlson, who is just tearing it up in the World Juniors at the minute. He's embarrassing grown men in the Swedish league. Uh, there's Zach Benson, who's playing up in the WHL. Uh, there's Matt Mitchkov, who's kind of slipped down rankings. He's doing insane things in Russia. You know, there's a chance that they end up with a guy like Adam Fantilli, who's um, playing at the University of Michigan. He's, again, like, if your one, two, three is Bedard, Fantilli, um, Carlson, like, in any other year but this one, like, Fantilli or Carlson are genuine, no-holds-barred first overall picks. It is just that Connor Bedard is insane on another level. So even if they don't, win that draft lottery pick they don't win that first overall the season is still gonna be as, as like as, as weird as it sounds i still think this season is a success in terms of the long-term benefits to this team um because at the minute like i'm i'm consoling myself by thinking about man you put adam fantilli between johnny gaudreau and ken johnson and just watch them go you know like right now yeah it sucks losing sucks I'm going to be saying that for the rest of the season. I hate that this is happening. I hate watching every single game or watching them get blown out by the freaking Buffalo Sabres, you know? Um, but if if they suffer all this time and end up with a guy like Fantilli, Carlson, Mitchkov, Benson, like, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty solid consolation prize for just how terrible this season has been. 
I can I completely agree. I think this is a good spot for Columbus to be in, and I, I don't know if you or your fans would necessarily feel this way, but I, I think Columbus still has to develop further some of the young players that they've taken, like a Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger, before they're legitimate. They have legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations. So I, that's just how I feel from an outsider perspective. No, for sure, for sure. And like the the thing about adding Johnny Gaudreau was, I don't think it made them into a contender. Had everything gone right this season, had the goaltending been solid, um, had everyone managed to stay healthy, I think Johnny Gaudreau turns this team from what they were last season into a bubble team. I think they had playoff chances. but And that's the thing. I think a lot of people think that, you, that if you don't immediately go from bottom of the basement to contender with the addition of a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, then it's a failure. But this league is so weird. This league is a process, you know? It's, it's going to take time. I was never expecting them to be fantastic this year. I was expecting them to be better, but I wasn't expecting them to be out of this world amazing. And I don't think adding Johnny Gaudreau turns them into a contender. They still need a legitimate number one center. Um, and if they can pick that up in this draft, I think f- four of the five guys that I just mentioned are, are options at that one C spot. Like Bedard especially, but Fantilli could play there. Um, Mitchkov could play there. And uh, Carlson, they're all centers. They are all immediately better than... And Lockdown Blue Jackets fans know this. I love Boone Jenner. I think Boone Jenner is a phenomenal captain in this league. I think he's stepped into the sea and done amazingly. He is not a number one center when you have wingers as elite as Gaudreau and Line. If you give them a real legitimate superstar 1C, this team just goes straight up. So if they like, and last season they picked two defensemen in the first round. David Yerichak again is going to be a real stud. He's killing it at the World Juniors right now. Um, Denton Matejuk is, um, I think, leading the entire. He's like second in the entire WHL in assists. Um, he's the captain of the Moose Jaw Warriors. He's having a really great season. He's going to be a a very solid uh, second, third, maybe fourth defenseman on this team in a couple of years. You know, I'm not mad that they picked those guys. I do think that a set they need a center, and if they have to suck this season to get a center, then hey, like that's that's hockey. You know, I completely agree. And and being in that middle range, being in limbo, it's where the Blackhawks were forever, and it's kind of led them to being in this position they're in. Coming up in a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Jack and some predictions for tonight's game. That's all coming up next on Locked On Blue Jackets. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Not exactly being good enough to go and have legitimate aspirations, but not being bad enough to get a difference maker in the draft. So, yeah, I do think this is a, a good spot for Columbus to be in, despite having to watch a lot of losses so far this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk about one last thing, and then I want to move on to uh, some game predictions. Um, I want to touch base with Seth Jones, because we've talked about the trade at great length. You know, it is what it is. Um, I believe of the four players that the Blue Jackets ended up getting in that trade, only one of them iced uh, last week. I think only one, maybe two of them will ice this week, Carl Sillinger returned from injury. Um, he took a knock in, and missed the last game. Uh, Adam Boquist, who has played like maybe six games this season. Um, he played three games, got healthy scratched for three games. The guy they healthy scratched him for broke his foot. 
um, or broke his ankle, excuse me. They put Adeboquist back in and he immediately broke his foot like the next game. So he was done. He's literally, I think his, the game against Chicago, I think was his first game back from injury. Yeah. Um, and he's been, he's been fine. Um, he had a really good game last night. So we're recording this Friday morning. Um, so last night against the Islanders, I think Boquist had a good game. I'm expecting him to have a decent game. Uh, tonight against the uh, Black, or this afternoon, I guess, against the, against the Blackhawks. Um, how has Seth Jones been? This season, I've seen a lot of he's been kind of brutal defensively, pretty good offensively, which is about what I expect from from Seth Jones, especially on a team like this where he has basically no help. Um, but I wanted to ask specifically about um, I saw a couple of tweets from from Mark Lazarus, I believe. Is Seth Jones the next captain of this team? And is that a good thing? So the first part, as far as how Seth Jones has played, um God, it's so hard to judge this guy. It, it really is, especially because, well, he's missed 10 games this season. He's only played in 24 of 34 games. And in the first half of the season, guess who his D partner was? It was Jack Johnson. All right. Jack Johnson sure, is not, not. Meant to play, he's not meant to play 20 <laughs> minutes a game on the top defensive pairing. That's why we had him not giving Seth Jones much help. I will say he's not the defensive anchor number one. Defensively, he's just never going to be that. He's not going to be an anchor. You need someone who can help him defensively. Where he shines is in transition with his speed, good first pass out of the defensive zone. He can also run a power play, uh, run quarterback the power play from the point, excuse me. Um, But it's it's been tough. So offensively, I, I still don't think he's been nearly as good as he was last season. Um, one big part of that is he just needs to shoot the puck. He, he, one goal this season for Seth Jones in 24 games, since he's arrived on the Blackhawks, they don't have a power play goal from a defenseman. They didn't have one in 82 games last year. They don't have one in 34 games this year. Seth Jones is playing a minute, a minute 30, every power play, shoot the puck. I don't care how many shots they have to block it. Get a goal from a defenseman. We desperately need help. That's kind of where Seth Jones is supposed to thrive, and he hasn't done it so far this year. I will say since he's been paired with Jake McCabe, someone who can actually help him, that pairing has been really good, and I think that should be the top pairing the rest of the way. Don't even toy with it. Seth Jones needs someone who can play solid defense alongside him, and that's what Jake McCabe brings. So since Jake McCabe's been moved there, we've definitely seen Seth Jones have some of his better games recently. Um, again, it's it's tough to judge him on such a bad team, especially when he has a massive role. He's playing you know, 27 minutes a night, and people see the dash 23 next to his name. And it's like, oh, he's terrible. He's on the ice for so many goals against. No, listen, he's playing half the game on the worst team in the NHL. That kind of stuff's going to happen. Um, but he still de- he does have a lot to prove. With, with the contract that he has, it's tough to prove it on this team. I think as the Blackhawks start to kind of ramp up their rebuild a little bit more, it's more crucial for Seth to prove his worth here. But I, I would say it's probably likely that he's the next captain of the Blackhawks for a couple of reasons. I, I will say there is a chance that the, cap- the next captain of the Blackhawks isn't even on the team at this point. Uh, but if there's one guy who's here right now that all signs would be pointing to, it's Seth Jones. Listen, no one's going to be taking on that contract. He's not going to get traded. He has a full no-movement clause. He's kind of the only guarantee of the NHLers right now that like he's going to be here for a couple of years. So in terms of veteran guys who are actually going to be around, and we've heard he's kind of established more of a locker room presence. He's gotten more comfortable here, and 
Uh, I, I think, you know, he wears the A at home now. It just feels like they're kind of grooming him to take on that role. We don't know what's going to happen with Jonathan Taves, obviously, but uh, out of all the guys that are on the NHL roster right now or that the Blackhawks have in the system, I do think Seth Jones is the most likely. Now, whether or not that's the right decision, we'll have to see. I think time is only going to tell. Again, the Blackhawks are going to be drafting uh, a lot of kids. That's the name of their game right now. They want draft capital and Perhaps someone they draft in the next couple of years could be the next captain. But uh, if there was like a betting board right now, I would say Seth Jones would would definitely be up as the favorite. And uh, Blackhawks fans are going to be um, – there's going to be a lot of uh, mixed reactions for sure if that does wind up happening. There's a lot that goes into it, obviously. It's Jonathan Taves' future. No one knows at this point, but yeah. Seth Jones could be the captain of the Blackhawks, which is weird to say that's going to be anyone other than Jonathan Taves. It, yeah, it does feel extremely weird. Um, I will say there was a lot of rumbling that he was going to be the next captain of the Blue Jackets after they traded Nick Foligno. And then obviously it all came out that Jones wanted out of town. And so, you know, Blue Jacket became captain. But also to to that point, and this is something that I talked about with... Um, Hunter Hodes of, of Lockdown Penguins, who was like, I can't believe that Boone Jenner is the captain. What a random guy. And like, I've always been of the opinion that your best player should not be your captain. Because I started to think that skill translates to leadership. I think in some cases it does. I think Crosby's a, a, a good captain. This is not an attack on Conor McDavid. I don't necessarily think Conor McDavid should be the captain of the Oilers. Because I feel like it's a different thing. And so is Seth Jones the best player on this team? Maybe not. I don't think Jonathan Taves was the best player on this team, basically his entire time here, because he just, you look at the players that he played with, you know, um, was he a good captain? I think in hindsight, maybe that's a little bit up for debate after you look at all of the, you know, the off ice stuff that came out. But for the most part, I think the general consensus was he's one of the best leaders in hockey, despite not being the best player on the team. So Maybe Seth Jones as, as the next captain could work out. Um, but I want to flip to just some quick predictions for the game before we wrap up. Um, and this is something I try and do every episode or every every pregame episode. Uh, final score of the game. And who do you think is going to score the opening goal for the Blackhawks? Oh, I like where this is going. So from what I've heard, not only, well, I know Columbus is banged up, but I've heard about the COVID stuff that they're going through right now. You mentioned it doesn't look like Patrick Line is going to play. He's kind of been a notorious Blackhawks killer over the years. Is that correct? It doesn't look like Line is playing? I, as of, like, right now, um, he well, he was on the COVID protocol list for last game, so I don't know that he'll be free depending on how long they have to stay there. Let me just double-check real quick. But I think, yeah, having Patrick Line out – uh, the team will not have Patrick Lino tomorrow. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go with Blackhawks sweeping the Blue Jackets here in a week. I just feel like they're so depleted that this is one of the few games where it feels like the Blackhawks have a legitimate chance of winning. Uh, I'm going to go with a 3-1 to one final in favor of the Blackhawks. For the first goal, I'm going with Max Domi against his former team. Max Domi yeah, playing top right. right center for the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds. He scored in the last game, and I was like, "Of course he did." After he came out on on Twitter, I think that there was the Mark Lazarus quote about I got no one wanted to visit me in Columbus because that got blown out of now I'm in Chicago. It's like, oh, he's absolutely scoring in this game, and he did, and I was so mad about it. So yeah, it makes sense that he would score despite me specifically. I think <laughs> is what it is. It's just despite me is why he would score. Um, 
I've spent a lot of this season going back and forth on, well, I've got to root for my guys. I've got to believe in my guys. And then, well, no, they're going to lose this game. Of course, they're going to lose this game. I think I'm on, you know, it's it's the holiday season. I'm feeling positive. I don't want them to lose eight in a row, which is what they're going for right now. They just lost their seventh in a row. I'm going to go with a Blue Jackets win. I think it's going to be 3-2. Um, maybe 4-2 with an empty netter, but empty netters don't count, so I'm not going to count it. So I think it's going to be 3-2. to two. And I'm going to go Johnny Gaudreau with the opening goal. He also, I think, is a bit of a Blackhawks killer. He's played against them a lot in his career, um, and he hasn't scored in a couple of games. So I uh, that's that's who my money is on right now, is I think Johnny Gaudreau's due, Johnny Gaudreau is due a big game. And it would be real nice if it happened um, to end the to end the streak. That's kind of how it was before this game on Friday. Patrick Kane had just been completely snake bitten in his last like four or five games prior to that Friday night matchup at the United Center. He goes off with a big first period explosion on way to a three point night. Maybe that happens for Johnny Gaudreau in this matchup on uh, the Blue New Jackets. And hey, listen, if the Blue Jackets want to win this game, let's at least try to make it fun. Yeah, these are the teams. That's, that that's the other thing as well. We'll, well. we'll wrap up here in a second, but you know, either the Blue Jackets win the game and I get to be excited about the win, or they lose the game and I'm like, well, this helps for the draft, you know. <laughs> so, in the most depressing terms, it is a, a win-win scenario, I think, for both teams. You know, you get to be excited about Blackhawks win, or you get to be excited about some more points in the bank for the draft lottery percentages. But um, either way, I think I just hope that this game is fun. Like, I've seen a lot of boring, bad Blue Jackets games this season. If they're going to lose, can they at least make it fun? You know? Um, but if people want to, I don't know, catch up with Seth Jones, they want to catch up with the Blackhawks, um, where can they find you and your show? Absolutely. I hope it is a fun game. New Year's Eve, 12 o'clock. Don't make me watch this matinee hockey game for like a 2-1 stinker where nothing's going on. Uh, but if anyone wants to check out some of the Blackhawks stuff as they battle with the Columbus Blue Jackets in this tankathon, not only tomorrow, but throughout the rest of the regular season, you can find Lockdown Blackhawks 100% for free wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out my personal account on Twitter at Jack Bushman too. Come and keep me company throughout the rest of the way as there's sure to be more misery to follow uh, the rest of this regular season. Yeah, Blackhawks fans know exactly how Blue Jackets fans feel. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. Uh, if you want some pictures of the local wildlife near the place I'm staying at the minute to mix in with your hockey opinions, uh, Locks on Blue Jackets is on Twitter at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, you can find both shows on YouTube. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Podbean. I think we're actually on Audible, which is very funny to me. Um, you can find Blue Jacket, Locks on Blue Jackets and Locks on Blackhawks at all of those places. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Uh, and I assume probably no episode for either of us tomorrow because it's going to be a Sunday, Monday's episode. Jack is going to be breaking down the Blackhawks game from his perspective. I'll be breaking down the Blue Jackets game from my perspective. So go ahead and make those your first listens of the day on Monday morning. Start the new year off right. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you all for listening, for watching, for subscribing, for liking, for commenting, etc., etc. Uh, until Monday, have a happy new year and make sure you stay locked on. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.